Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, y'all. Just giving a <laughs> shout out to those in the southeast of the United States. We were just in your area. We flew into Atlanta and we were in Big Canoe, Georgia for a week doing a Soul Shepherding Institute week on spiritual formation. That was so fun. Got to be with uh, lots of y'all. And it was it was fun seeing those from Tennessee and Kentucky, Florida, Georgia, Virginia. Although we did have somebody from Minneapolis and a couple from California too. But it was just fun to be there and to hear what God's doing in your life and to be part of it and see you pressing in close to Jesus and growing in your emotional, relational health and spiritual health. And you who are listening, wherever you are from, we would love to have you in the Soul Shepherding Institute sometime. Check it out on our website, soulshepherding.org. You can even earn a certificate in spiritual direction, which you can apply to however you are serving God as a pastor, missionary, leader, small group leader in your family. We learn a lot about listening and relationship skills and the feelings aspect of faith and intimacy with Jesus. And especially this last week in spiritual formation, we talked about family formation, and that relates to the series we're doing on family dynamics. Uh, I know that all of you listening are interested in spiritual formation. That's become a really important uh, topic in our consciousness in our Christian churches for a number of years now. But sometimes we don't realize that central to spiritual formation is family formation, how, how we grew up, the relational dynamics and and patterns and you know there's always some dysfunction there in our family and in our own selves and we've got some malformation that we need to become aware of we need to heal from we need to work through it's always exciting at these institutes to be seeing pastors you know we had several lead pastors with us at the institute last week in the south and just a way to see that they're they're pressing in, making space to care for their souls, but also to grow in, in healthy leadership skills because these things affect their leadership. These, When they're unhealthy and they have an unhealthy things going on in their own soul or their own uh, leadership and they don't have wording and understanding for some of these relational dynamics, it, it's draining for them. It's exhausting for them and it takes them out. And so it's also fun to see them bond and relate to each other with some of the pressures of leadership that we saw and so it's a surprise to them when we talk about some of the family formation stuff, how much they relate to it, how much, how relevant it is to them and to their leadership. So in your family, how, how many people are in your family? We had uh, one of the women there, African-American uh, leader. She had, uh, she wanted eight children. And so that's 10 people in her family. And if you've got 10 people in your family, you've got 120 triangles, 120 threesomes, 120 different uh, patterns of three people. Three-way relationships. Three-way relationships amongst those 10. That's like a lot of stress. That's a lot of confusion. If you've got a family, uh, if you have one child, you have one triangle, one three-way relationship. And if you've got uh, six people in your family, that's 48 triangles. So understanding these three-way patterns, these three-way relationships, three people that are in a relationship, 
explains a lot of the uh, stress, miscommunication, uh, disappointment, hurts that happen in families. Because so often what happens in threesomes is somebody is left out or somebody... Becomes it, two against one. Yep, somebody gets aligned uh, against, even when maybe we're not intending to do it. But two people favor each other or get along better, and then that third one sort of becomes a third wheel or uh, a monkey wrench in the gears. Well, and this can have huge impacts on a marriage relationship. It can cause big division. This happens at church leadership relationships too, people you work with. We see triangulation there as well. Because two people that are in a relationship, when they have a conflict with each other, then there's a real temptation to kind of a mesh with the third person. And as you as you mess with the third person, then it just strengthens the conflict between the person that you're meshed with and the person you're in conflict with. So I'm thinking of uh, a pastor who was at our institute and uh, who was um, especially close to his mom, but not his dad. His dad was an alcoholic, uh, workaholic, rageaholic, um, grew up in the South and just a very difficult relationship. His dad was a big man, intimidating and, uh, the pastor was um, a smaller man and not uh, as athletic, you know, as his dad wanted him to be, and you know, more into uh, reading and learning and music and uh, the arts and things like that. And so there was uh, his dad had some some disappointments and had some un- unfulfilled, uh, unmet expectations for his son. And meanwhile, his mom just really uh, doted on him and saw how um, his great heart and his uh, wisdom and the way he was relationally. And she saw her father in him. And so she she really was warm towards him and idealized him. So that's a triangle because the mother and son have a special bond and the uh, father and son have conflict. And... What happens in this triangle is that the the more the mother and son connect, the more the father and son are disconnected. Sounds like Rachel and Rebecca. I mean, sorry. Sounds <laughs> sounds like Rachel and Jacob. Yeah, and, uh, and Isaac, Isaac and Esau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Isaac and Rachel in the Old Testament had twins, and mm-hmm. um, one of the boys was more like his mom, and one of the boys was more like his dad. Mm-hmm. And they were both enmeshed with one of their children. And then there was distance between that child that they were enmeshed with and the other parent. Yeah, and so one of the things that's implicit and we're talking about now, if you listen to our last podcast on collusions in families, we talked about these different dynamics that happen, really, not only in families, but in any relationship, even between two people, where there there can be a pattern of collusion where the more one person is uh, aggressive, the more the other one is meek and soft. And the more the one is soft and, and gentle, the more the other one is angry and controlling. So they just, they feed off, the extremes feed off of each other and reinforce each other. And so that that is happening in this particular family triangle. And so what you need to understand is that when the mother and son are enmeshed and the father 
uh, is out of the loop in that, that's going to create some tension between the husband and wife. Yes. And so we got three relationships here and the patterns in each dyad are affecting the other two. Right. And it's usually people are unconscious of this. They're not aware that they're doing it. Sometimes there's some consciousness when, when you're doing some triangulation. So I'm thinking of a couple that I worked with that where he was actually so enmeshed with his work and getting so many needs of his needs met at his work that she felt left out and it was causing conflict between the two of them. And so in their relationship, work had gotten triangled in and she had conflict with his work and he had a, all these positive experiences with his work. And so there was conflict between them. And so then unconsciously what she did is she took her energies and her desire for comfort and her feeling left out and her feeling powerless and she brought in a relationship with her family that was amassed. She and triangled, she in, triangled her in her family. And so he had this line to his work where he was getting all this consolation, but it, it was a desolation to her. And she triangled in all this consolation to her family, but then it was conflict with him. And so there's two triangles happening there. And so when we say triangled in, what does that mean? It means putting energy and bringing another person or thing, like it, it could be an addiction, like alcohol, into the relationship. Because there's disappointment or conflict in the relationship of the husband and wife in this example. And so now the, the husband is looking to his work for significance and respect and good feelings. And the wife is looking to her, her family or to the children in order to feel a sense of significance mm -hmm. and happiness. Right. And or... I've seen it happen where a couple will have conflict and they'll both enmesh with their children to try to keep the unit together, mm -hmm. but there's still the conflict between the couple trying to hold them together. And then when the children separate, then the couple can't stay together anymore because they don't have, they haven't done any work on the conflict. There hasn't been any repair. There hasn't been any at all attention given to their relationship and the conflict between them because all the attention and energy and positivity just went towards enmeshing with the children. And so in that example, the relationship of husband and wife has taken a back seat to the relationship of father and mother. Mm -hmm. Those roles have um, uh, diminished or even um, uh, suffocated the marriage relationship mm -hmm. and the, the intimacy there between the spouses. And so then, yeah, when the children... Uh, start individuating, uh, especially if they grow up and leave the house. Then the couple's left with each other, and it's like, well, you know, we don't, we don't have anything here. They don't right. know what to do. And so that that happens because of triangles. That happens because of these patterns of three, and uh, not dealing with uh, disappointment, emotional distance, conflict in your marriage relationship. Um, or any relationship can can put this pressure into triangling someone or something else mm -hmm. in to find a straight line. It'd be helpful if we could, you know, be sitting in front of a whiteboard right now and, and draw this out, right, uh, Christy? That's what we do at the Institute. <laughs> yeah, because if you can draw it out, then you can see the three points of the triangle and you can label each point with a, a person's name and then you can describe each each of the three people and you can look at those three lines that are between mm -hmm. the three people. So there's three different relationships. And so the whole point that we're talking about here is that not only does each person influence the other two, but each relationship influences the other two relationships. Yes. So there's a, there's a dynamic tension there 
that takes on a life of its own. And the, the big problem is that it becomes unconscious. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big part of what we do here in Soul Talks is we try to help what is unconscious in your life or your your relationships to become conscious, give you words, uh, feeling words, emotion words, to understand your experience and to be able to describe it. Because once we become conscious of something, then we, we can make choices and we can, we can pray, we can, we can trust God, we can seek empathy, we can uh, work something out where there's, there's been a uh, misunderstanding in, in relationship. Yeah, in the case of this couple that I was talking about, it can be helpful when they understand that that dynamic there with triangling in family and work to recognize that that couple needs to set some boundaries there. He needs to set boundaries with work. She needs to set boundaries with her family so that they can work on their relationship, their intimacy, their health together in their relationship. And then look at, I mean, you can't just quit your job and quit your family. You know, you're going to have those other aspects that are going to be a triangle there. But how can you all get aligned in a, in a healthy, where there's healthy boundaries and there's healthy connection on each side of the triangle? Healthy boundaries or differentiation and healthy connection or uh, engagement and bonding. Yeah, we want to keep those two in, in balance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, yeah, well, it's a big problem that happens here is, so if you're listening to this and you're relating to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the one that tends to overwork, and that, that could be the woman as well as the, the man in a family. Uh, it could be, uh, in other words, the, the wife and mother. Uh, or you're the one uh, that's uh, all invested in the kids, and, and sometimes that's the, the father, and so what happens if you're listening to this and relating, what we, the problem we tend to have is we, we, see, we see our spouses or our, our, the other person that we're in relationship with, maybe it's a coworker or a sibling, and we see, oh yeah, you know, he needs to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he needs to set some boundaries with his family, you know, or uh, he needs to stop favoring that, that child. And so we, we so readily see the problem in our, our partner, but mm-hmm. not so much in our own self. Yeah. And we tend to think that the reason why I'm having this stress or these difficulties is, is because of what my partner's doing. And it keeps us stuck, actually, if we stay in that place where we're just blaming and feeling like these dynamics can't be changed. It's just the way it is, and it's all their fault. Versus looking at, okay, well, what's my part in this? Yeah, I, I feel wronged or this is unfair. I feel uh, hurt. My needs aren't being met. That, that's, that's a part of the story. But can I take ownership for, well, what am I doing to generate uh, stress and hurt in the family? Where am I going for to get my needs met? And where am I going maybe to just taking my energies away from what I have to give the family and putting them all in another place and how is that participating in this dynamic how is this hurting the meaning connection I, I, in the relationship? if i'm disappointed in my spouse or again it could be my sibling my coworker, this person i'm in a relationship with it's a significant relationship and if i'm disappointed in the relationship or i have some unresolved conflicts and i'm not dealing with that with that person i'm not talking directly to them to, uh, to work it through, to empathize with each other, to pray together, 
then I'm going to be under pressure to triangle in a third person or or my job or my church or an, some other activity or it could be alcohol, something that, that makes me feel good. It could be sports, could be shopping, but some activity that I'm going to like overemphasize mm-hmm. now to find some sense of meaning and connection and happiness in my life. And I'm actually reacting out of what's missing in my marriage or my, my partnership. Yeah, sometimes we do that because we're we're triangling in someone or something else to get a sense of power because we feel powerless or sometimes, you know, it's kind of the two against one thing. I'm going to get, I'm going to bring somebody else in here to get more power against and we'll turn against. Sometimes it's a distraction, an escape, a comfort that we'll triangle in something else. Yeah. Or sometimes we're just looking for closeness. We don't realize that talking about that third person Mm -hmm. when they're not there Mm -hmm. We don't realize that, well, actually, you know, that's gossip and that's that we're, it's creating a pseudo closeness. When we talk about somebody that's not there and we can both agree with, oh, you know, this person really has a problem or. Uh, well, and that's also what happens with the, the couple that's both meshed with their children, but they're not working on their own marriage. Their connection is coming through. They're both being so invested in their children. Yeah. So say more about that because uh, it's natural for us, uh, for a married couple, you know, we're concerned about our kids. We talk about our kids. So, I mean, you're not saying that that's wrong mm-hmm. or unhealthy. So help, help, help us understand the difference. Yeah. Well, the difference in our model is the Trinity, right? The Trinity is a perfectly healthy triangle. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, where there's loving connection between all three of them, where each, each of them are always honoring the third one to each other, always including and honoring the third one when they're together, when they're, you know, when they're referenced. And each one has separate identity, a distinctness, mm-hmm. the, the father, role. the son, the spirit. They have a different personality in a sense. Yeah, a d- different role. Each honor role. and respect and lift up and value that role and love each other. There isn't a, a competition about any of it. So nobody's getting triangled out. No. no. Nobody's getting uh, put down. Mm-hmm. Nobody's... Uh, uh, assuming authority over the other two, right? Each, each are each are humble. Each are are gracious and loving towards the other. Right. Yeah. That's our that's our model of a perfect triangle, and that's that's available for us as a couple to have with God too. Right. So there's a triangle. There, there's a triangle. Husband, wife, and God. Uh-huh. A three way relationship. Right. And so that that's where you know what are we triangling in instead of God, for instance. So in the case we can make our kids God. And if we're focusing so much on our kids and we're putting all the emphasis, all the priority, all the energy on that and not having any sense of self as a wife, that's not just the mother of your kids, for instance, or a father, you know, who's a husband, not just a father to her children and having a a relationship that they maintain that's still together and connective where they can have some, some connection, some love, some value for each other that isn't necessarily connected to their being a parent. This is where one-on-one soul talks are so important between mm-hmm. a husband and wife, between a uh, parent and child, mm-hmm. between um, you know a pastor and a staff member, between coworkers, between two friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have a, a healthy, thriving relationship with someone. Sometimes we need one-on-one time, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to talk about. Uh, 
if we're going to have an intimate relationship and stay out of these uh, triangling situations, we need to be able to talk about how it is in our relationship and be supportive of each other, encourage each other, pray for each other, be honest with each other, give each other empathy. Definitely. And, I, you know, Bill, you and I did this when we were raising our kids because we were both very heavily invested in our children. And there was meaningful connection for our relationship in that, for sure. And we would we would talk to each other about parenting and what we were doing together in that. But there were also times we would say, okay, let's have a boundary on this date. We're not going to talk about the kids. And let's only talk about it and enjoy each other. Or we would go on a getaway without the kids once a year because we needed that time for our relationship to just remember what it was just like to be Bill and Christy, not mom and dad. Yeah, and so uh, sometimes we would do fun things together, date nights or getaways. Uh, other times we would have conversations that were soul talks where, where, where uh, one or both of us are sharing personally about something from our life. Uh, and sometimes it also included w- working on issues in our relationship where there well, were some stress and hurt. Yes, it did a lot. Most often, probably at least part of it did in order for us to get to a point where we really could just be at ease and feel connected and enjoy each other. We had to work through that conflict rather than ignore it. No, now let's say that again, because uh, I don't think most people really think about it that way. What you're what you're saying, and, and I know this to be true. I learned this from you, Christy, but. Uh, if we're trying to connect with our spouse or it could be uh, a child or a friend and we're just trying to have fun, uh, create warmth, create a positive memory, but there's some unresolved issues there. Um, Elephant that, in the room. Yeah, that's probably not going to work real well. No. Or mm-hmm. at least it's going to be limited as to mm-hmm. how, how much uh, bonding and healthy relationship that really creates. If yeah. we don't actually talk about what what has been uh, disappointing or stressful or hurtful where we're not seeing eye to eye and empathize with each other then it really diminishes how much real fun we can have is what you seem to be saying exactly yeah so let's let's give an example of this there were times in our relationship raising our kids and even still with adult children where one of us would come and say you know i'm i'm feeling like you're really um I'm meshing a little bit too much with this child against this one or against me. We're feeling left Playing out. Playing favorites. Playing favorites. Or you're, you're giving more time and attention to this child. Or even I had said at times, you know, I'm feeling a little bit jealous because you've taken the kids each out on a date, but not me. Or, you mm-hmm. know, we would, I would, we would address that. Or you would come to me and you would say, you know, you're putting all of your energy into, you know, the kids or this child and... I miss you. Like that you're not saving any energy for me. I'm getting the leftovers. So we would talk about that. How how our relationship with the kids which we were both invested in was affecting our relationship with each other. Yeah, and of course you have to be very uh, empathetic and uh, gentle in those conversations and when we're speaking the truth and love to someone, you know, I'm concerned mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Uh th- that And we were using I statements too. Right. Better when you can say, mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling left out. I'm right. feeling like I have a need here. Mm-hmm. Or I can remember you coming to me and saying, when I disciplined so-and-so and you came in and rescued so-and-so, right. I felt really disrespected. See, that was an example where you, you would come to me, you would bring it to me, this issue, mm-hmm. where I was, I was aligning with the child to rescue Namash, 
but you were disciplining and that created conflict between you and that child. And I was making it worse because right. I didn't join you in the discipline. We had way. to but harmonize. But it was unconscious. I didn't realize that I was doing that. We had to harmonize our personalities and our differences in um, emphasis outside of the parenting situations. Mm-hmm. Privately, we had to harmonize mm-hmm. my, my focus on you know, discipline or structure or uh, doing the right thing or having expectations on the kids with your, your mercy and softness and uh, tenderness and wanting to uh, please or be supportive. And so we had to work that out between us so that then when we were with the kids, we could be united in, in how we handled many different situations of discipline. Right. So that's an example of the triangulation with the kids. You were also asking me, though, when we would get away alone together without them, why is it that it was important that we would do some work on the conflict that we had in order to be able to really enjoy being together? And in part, that was because if we didn't, and I was just trying to ignore this conflict between us that was unspoken that you might not have even known about, I wouldn't bring my true self to you. I would be guarded. I would be kind of encapsulating or shielding off this part of my heart, and you wouldn't know it, and you wouldn't realize that this whole part of me wasn't really opening and and connected to you. Yeah, I just think... I was like holding a grudge or something. And I just think, you know... A lot of us, that's what, that's what we do. We, we don't understand the um, stress that we've internalized, the hurts, the, you know, why something upsets us. We feel like maybe it shouldn't, maybe we feel too needy, maybe we just don't want to feel frustrated or guilty or anxious or left out. We, we don't want to feel that pain. And so we just, we distract ourselves. We distract ourselves to other activities, with, with our work, with our parenting, or we just try to be happy with our entertainments or our getaways, or we just try to make some, some positive feelings in, in, our, in the marriage or, or it could be in a friendship. And uh, it, that just doesn't really sustain us. That doesn't really ultimately work because it's not like a, a whole self-experience. We're taking a, a part of ourself, a part, an important part of what we're feeling, what our emotions are and what we need, and we're just, we're just negating that. Yeah, and I think another reason why we do this is because we don't necessarily have a vision of how we could make repair when there's a conflict. We don't realize that we can make repair. And that's what we'll be talking about next week on Soul Talks as we uh, conclude the Family Dynamics series. We're going to go deep into uh, repairing conflicts uh, through empathy, through tenderhearted listening and prayerfulness and how do we work out this stuff that's disappointing and sometimes unconscious and uh, so that we can have healthy relationships? Because that's the, the most important aspect of a, a healthy, loving, functional family is the ability to repair. Mm-hmm. Because we're just, we're just going to have conflicts, we're going to have disappointments, we're going to have situations that come up. And so the ability to talk about that in ways that are, are meaningful and helpful and loving for each, each person, each member of the family, each member of the group uh, is really important. And hey, we want to thank all of you who have uh, uh, turned in a uh, written a review for Soul Talks and given us a rating. Thank you for doing that. We just got one from uh, Kara. Uh, Cam, and, and she's, uh, like so many of you, she uh, listened to Soul Talks to help her direct her mind and heart and soul towards Jesus 
And we're just so proud of all you listening that you love Jesus that way and you're devoted to our Lord and want him to be at the center. And she says that, you know, when she's uh, listening to Soul Talks, it helps her to um, be healthier and more wholehearted in her relationship with the Lord and with others. And, you know, a lot of that's because we're putting words to our emotions and our needs and our hopes and the difficult, stressful, painful things in life that are embedded in all our relationships, including our relationship with God. So, hey, drop us a line. Tell us what you appreciate about Soul Talks or what you'd like us to talk about on Soul Talks. It's real easy to do that on your podcast app. You just go down to the uh, search on Soul Talks in your library. You need to be in the library function. And then you at the very bottom, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll see a section that says, you know, write a review. And um, you just give a star rating and leave a quick comment and we read all those and and hey we'll mention you on air we'll look forward to it thank you for joining us we we love it was so fun to meet some of you in big canoe georgia this last week and i'm picturing you even as we do our soul talk so it's so fun let me pray oh jesus how grateful we are that you have brought us into this trinitarian triangle this relationship with the father and Holy Spirit, this community of perfect love. And it's through your love and grace for us that we find the love and the strength and the courage and the humility to be able to love others as we love ourselves in you. Continue to grow us, Lord, in strength of your love, to internalize and receive your love, your truth, your grace, Lord, to bring into all of our relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 